0: This is Sabrina Monarch and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader. And I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Welcome if you are new here. What you're about to hear is a audio version of a... Astrology forecast that I shared to my YouTube channel, Sabrina Monarch, so you can also see it on video there. And this podcast is a place where I share both these forecasts as well as interview conversations with people that I find inspiring. At MonarchAstrology.com bringing you the astrology forecast for October 6th to October 12th, 2021. And I know it's been a little bit. Last week, there was no forecast and the week before then it was just in written version. So I am excited to be back on video and on the podcast Magic of the Spheres, to bring you this week's astrology. And that being said, this week's astrology is pretty intense. Um We've got, you know, both Pluto and Saturn stationing direct. So they become louder energies in the sky. Mercury is retrograde currently. And there is a Mercury-Mars-Sun triple conjunction happening in Libra. And, you know, given that we have Mars in that, that really kind of packs some extra spiciness. Um, So let's just get into it. So against the backdrop of both Pluto and Saturn stationing direct, Mars and Mercury and Libra will both join up with the sun and Libra for a triple conjunction. Our direct experience may be engaging us with a kind of conflict, whether literal conflict is in our spheres or if our reactions and responses to events initiate us into inner turmoil and psycho-spiritual activation. He's still hot. <laughs> so um, I want to add to that conflict. Yeah, it may be conflict. It also might be like activation, like feeling the inner motivation to take action maybe to take a risk of some kind or to put yourself out there in a way that's new to you. And that could be the kind of inner turmoil of like, should I do this thing? Uh, Should I direct my will in this way that I'm feeling called? Um, So it could be an inner conflict. That's not necessarily about something terrible. It could just be that you're deliberating about making a certain choice. Right. But then Mercury, Mars, when they're in aspect, like conjunction and the sky tends to bring a little bit of verbal confrontation into the field as well. So every now and then I compare the astrology and it's one of those weeks to the need to soliloquize. Um, so in like a shakespearean sense the actor takes, you know, a step away from the scene, uh, pulls away and poetically explicates in a monologue staring off into the spotlight. Just what the fuck is happening, right? So maybe this is that moment uh, that we're going to talk to ourselves in the mirror, uh, theatrically exploring the complexities of our inner worlds, or giving ourselves a pep talk in the face of forgetting who we are. And all the while, perhaps also seeking not to become inflated or not to misdirect the heat coursing through the moment, right? So feeling the activation, but wanting to maybe wield it well. And so there's that moment of really deliberating and thinking about it. And this is partly because of Mars being in Libra, right? So Mars normal modus operandi is to just do the thing, right? But Libra deliberates and thinks about cause and effect. And, you know, so Mars is slowed down a little bit, um, but kind of entering this conjunction with the sun for kind of like a poetic moment of reverie about it. And the emphasis of air signs suggests mental activity here that while our bodies and soma inevitably feel the heat um, of our stress, right? Or we feel frustration at a very embodied level. Um, And so embodied practices can help us metabolize that energy and connect more deeply with ourselves. I think we're also, because of this air sign influence, looking for a cognitive upper chakra related insight or breakthrough. So, some needed alignment of root, solar plexus, heart, crown, you know, all the chakras really, because throat, you know, involves our words and we have Mercury here too. So, some way of looking at the situation that restores our harmony yet honors our instincts some way of engaging the other characters in the grand drama that restores communal harmony and honors mutual aliveness and so as we perhaps know much war originates in the mind you know in our concepts our perspectives that create separation Uh, the ill intent that we suspect in another or the thoughts we have about another that plant seeds in our mind that another person is our enemy, right? Like these divisions can happen at a mental level. There comes a time when these precepts that inform our warfare or our inner violence come into the light and we have the opportunity to actually change our thinking. My cat really wants to get in here. You may hear her meowing, but... It's going to be a lot to deal with if I let her in here right now. So let me share my screen. I have a few announcements before I get into this week in more detail. So one thing is that you can find me on um, Instagram at Sabrina Monarch. I love to post things there, get on stories. You can sign up for my mailing list. The link is in the notes. And that's where you can get these weekly forecasts delivered to your email. Not even like a link, but actually just like... Written out uh, with a link to the YouTube, but you'll get the written version sent directly to you. And this is a great way to just stay informed about when my courses are opening and, you know, um, when my books open for astrology readings um, and just other events, other special events that I host, you would get the, the memo most reliably by being on my mailing list. And then the evolutionary astrology intensive is coming up again. This will be the ninth run of the course. Um, It's a very well-established field, very established experience, Um, very comprehensive, you know, going over this wisdom school of evolutionary astrology. And, you know, not only do we cover these foundational pieces so that you can read natal charts from the perspective of the soul on a multi-lifetime journey. So this involves reincarnation, but the way that I teach and engage astrology really has an emphasis on building a personal, intuitive, emotional relationship with astrology um, so that you have, you know, a true relationship to it, that it's not just a thing that you study or try to get mentally, but that it's also something that you're connected to, um, in your heart and in your emotional body. So this course um, has pre-recorded modules that you can return to, you know, indefinitely. And then we also meet as a group live weekly. I make myself available to answer your questions, um, and a course community forms. So if you want to hear more about what this experience has been like for people who've gone through it, you can read student testimonials on the course page linked in the notes um, and you can also enroll there. Now since I was gone, uh, I have two podcast episodes to share with you. Um, the first one is Spirit Guide Communication and Radical Joy with Super Sensory Shahir. So we talked about um, connecting with spirit guides. What are they? You know, what kind of what mental concepts have to kind of get out of the way for us to be open to this. Um, how do we connect with our spirit guides? Um, and I'm sure you'll feel kind of like the transmission of like the joyfulness and just the kind of magic from this episode. And then I also have a new episode with Gray Doolin and embodied path to intimacy, where we discuss this way of like, what's beyond our kind of like mental concepts of how to call an intimacy in our lives. There's something about the body being ready to receive it. So working with expanding our capacity for sensation and how that relates to personal power um, and you know capacity to manifest. Gray has a technique, the embodied manifestation method. Um, and we go into that a little bit in this episode. This episode feels like a great uh transmission in this, you know, Venus and Scorpio season and moving into sun and Scorpio season. And also, a lot of like Uranus and Taurus energy in this episode in terms of um, embodied revolution. So, those are my announcements for the week. Um, and I'll get into the week in more detail now. October 6th, 2021, we have a new moon in 13 degrees of Libra at 4:05 a.m. Pacific. And to complicate it a little bit, this new moon is also a Mars Kazemi, and a Kazemi is when any planet is within a one degree conjunction of the sun. So we'll have Mars in 13 degrees of Libra alongside the sun and moon, and this lunation is opposite Chiron in 10 degrees of Aries. So if you have you know, an understanding of the potential difficulty of Mars, you know, like Mars is what gets our blood pumping. It's what gets us out of bed in the morning. It's what arouses us and turns us on and inspires us to pursue. Right. But it's also, um, frustration, anger, rage, violence. Um, so it's a planet that, you know, I think having a positive relationship with Mars is super important both, you know, the archetypal Mars, you know, and where we find Mars outside of us, and also the internal Mars, our connection to our, you know, personal power and will and all of that, right? And then Chiron is like the wound, (laughs) the wound, right? And the the guide to the magical quest, um, as a title of Barbara Hanclough's book on Chiron is called, Um, so we have Chiron and Mars opposite each other. So just think about the wound becoming, you know, just like ever more activated with that kind of Martian punch. I've certainly been having some experiences of, um, you know, like having maybe a painful moment that's like intense and kind of opening. And I'm like, yeah, this kind of feels like a Mars Chiron field, you know? And I remember the last time that Mars was in Aries and conjunct Chiron that, um, you know, we're friends here, so I'm just going to say it, but I had, um, a, a difficult experience on mushrooms where I, you know, Mars and Chiron were together in the sky and I felt terror, like in my body for a few hours straight, um, like absolute fucking terror, you know? (laughs) And so all of those stress chemicals in my body, the cortisol, the adrenaline, The next day I found that I couldn't fall asleep at night. I just had so much energy and I realized, you know, intellectually, like, okay, I was really scared (laughs) for hours at a time yesterday. I probably need to complete the stress cycle and like do something physical. Right. So, um, I work out at home, like most days of the week. So I have these dumbbells around and I was able to just like lift them Uh, ones that are normally heavy for me without any effort at all. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) What's happening to me, you know? And that was kind of like my Mars Chiron conjunction experience. And then similarly in this last week, whenever I've felt activated. Um, it's like, yeah, I can process this mentally. I can do a ho Pono prayer. I can like do all these kind of things to help reset my nervous system, but maybe I need to put on some music and just dance it out. Right. So I think there's a physical energy potentially to this Mars Chiron, but also just like Yeah, things are coming up. So a new moon, right? Setting intentions, it's new. Like, yeah, there is that. And it's also connected to this Mars Chiron opposition, um, which is a spicy one. So the new moon is involved with the Mars Chiron opposition in Libra and Aries, suggesting some level of tug of war internally or relationally around connection versus independence, leaning in versus leaning back and the like, right? So just that kind of question between Uh, Are we doing this together or am I going to go off on my own? Um, Are we relating as enemies or are we teammates? Right. And what a powerful activation, you know, I do think that, um, before we learn you know have either positive modeling for relationship or learn how to be skillful within relationship that a more immature or more kind of wounded version of showing up to relationship as is to engage others as the enemy to blame them to um, you know to feel like we have to get our needs met by them and if they're not you know it's their fault like there's this kind of you um, inner infantile tyrannical energy or something that's happening in that versus, um, you know, what it means to approach relationship from a sovereign place and be able to navigate conflict and negotiate from a place of cooperation and teamwork and, you know, mutual aliveness, as opposed to, you know, this is a chess game. This is a battle, like it's a zero sum game, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So the integration between Aries and Libra may also be emphasized. So this is feeling freely expressed in connection with others. Like we bring our sovereignty to connection, having freedom, having our sovereignty in our relationships and connecting with others from a strongly rooted sense of self, right? Or like being in connections where you feel like you're learning so much about yourself, awakening a part of yourself. While the integration seems ideal, you know, here Aries Libra, um, the road to getting there may be marked by going to extremes and having to find balance, right? The opposition kind of has a Libra energy in of itself. The emotional landscape of this new moon appears to me at least very galvanized or more negatively agitated. If we are certain of who we are and what we want, where we're headed, et cetera, there may be some internal motivation to take necessary steps along the path, you know, or maybe we're getting a new inspiration. Um, Agitation, likewise, may reveal to us through aversion or contrast what we value, right? So if we take a moment to think like, why am I so upset right now? Like, is it a way that I'm looking at the situation? Is it my perspective? Or is there a kind of value Uh, that's being touched on that maybe I feel like um, I'm like defending. As far as agitation, be mindful of the capacity for projection. There are many ways it is still culturally normal to see others as responsible for our emotions and problems and to see others as the cause of our opening and closing alike. So I'm going to slow down with that one for a moment and just, you know, language speaking here, like the phrase, oh, this happened and it made me feel or you said this thing and it made me feel like that construction made me feel is inherently um, kind of like a victimized language construct. And I think that it's, you know, as a spell, it's like something that we really take in. Of, like, yeah, other people are the cause of my emotions. And similarly, even if we're saying, like, you know, this person did this and it made me feel so amazing, right? And then we're not acting like a victim or, you know, in a victim mindset, but we're still seeing the other person as the cause of our opening or our emotion. So, what does it mean to actually be self responsible and sovereign um, about? how we're choosing to respond right um and in terms of opening for example um this is a newer idea that i've been absorbing through like teachings around the feminine um in tandem with my you know saturn return happening right now and it's conjunct lilith and it's in aquarius both of them so i'm learning so much about like the wild feminine through the internet and through these internet teachers um and this idea of, you know, the feminine as opening, and that what kind of power it really is to feel like um, responsible, you know, in the feminine for our own opening. That it's not another person's actions that, you know, make us bloom or something. Like there is this kind of dynamic quality in relationship. But when we take responsibility within ourselves for that opening. Um, Then there's all this abundance that we can show up in relationship with and also a sensitivity to be able to um, navigate relationships from a place of opening, whether that means expressing how we feel and kind of asking for some kind of adjustment um, or realizing that the truth is to move on or whatever it is. It's different than engaging from a place of closure and contraction and expecting the other person's actions to make it feel safe to open. So projection here as seeing others as the cause for our opening and closing. Where we have blind spots, interactions with others, um, and where we have the most activated emotion can show us these places. So it's easier to associate the feeling with the person, but is it really about them? Perhaps from a higher perspective, this subjectively hairy-looking lunation, and that being said, because of the Mars conjunction opposite Chiron, um, is an opportunity to, with the spirit of the warrior, Mars here in Libra, Chiron in the warrior sign of Aries, Mars ruled Aries, you know, this could be an opportunity to prepare ourselves for a new level of intimacy. Which is why I love that this um, conversation with Gray Dooling came out around this time too, because of, it is about that kind of preparation. Okay, I'm going to pause this and see if I can <laughs> negotiate with my cat's meowing. See, you now she's content. I'll just have her in my lap and hope that hope that this works. So the more sovereign we are, the more freely we come to relationship from a place of actual choice, as opposed to games or defensiveness, right? Like the power to have that level of sovereignty, free will choice, right? And self-worth and knowing what we want. Um, It's kind of the ideal. So personal responsibility being noted, relationship tensions are real. The meeting of two different individuals with different life experiences, desires, rhythms, etc., is bound to create moments of cohesion and moments of separation. Our capacity to discern self and other, to balance our own direction, will, instinct, uh, instinctual nature <laughs> with more um, collected, thoughtful, tactful, harmonic ways of navigating life is being activated. Had to kick her out again, <laughs> like here, just trying to talk about like, you know, tension in relationship and my cat's driving me crazy things, you know, okay. Pluto stations direct in 24 degrees of Capricorn at 1129 AM Pacific, this same day, October 6th. Capricorn like Aries and Libra is a cardinal sign. Um, and each cardinal sign relates to interdependence. Aries as the sense of self we bring into or discover via relationship. Um, Cancer as attachment. Libra as the harmonic arts of love and connection and how we balance and attune and listen to others. And Capricorn as the rules, agreements, containers, expectations, et cetera, um, that facilitate relationship and facilitate, you know, ideally. Um, or it can be a kind of, you know, demands, you know, we're trying to control obviously isn't the best facilitation. Um, so it's hard to find a verb there that encompasses all of that, you know, that either facilitate or kind of stifle relationship. We'll say that. Pluto and Capricorn can relate to the undercurrents, unconscious, underbelly, et cetera, because it's Pluto of the Capricorn archetype as it's in Capricorn. So here, you know, our ethics that may not totally belong to us and that we have inherited and it takes conscious awareness to unseat it um, or our hidden agendas and expectations that we will Expect others to be on board with, and is the place that we judge others from. So that how could so and so do that? You know, how could they say that? What are they thinking? Where are they coming from? Like that judgmental, like hmm, kind of thing, you know. And from a shadowy place, Pluto and Capricorn can also relate to the ways that we or others try to coerce compliance. Right. So being controlling, being dominating. And this isn't really just, um, you know, Pluto has that potential and Capricorn has that potential, uh, but then you put them together and it's like some power tripping potential there, uh, but they have it in different ways. You know, Pluto does it from a place of wanting to feel secure and projecting, you know, that power and emotional security onto another. Therefore they must show up a certain way for me to feel okay. Okay. Um, or, you know, not even just other people, but like symbols of power and then Capricorn, um, you know, kind of manages situations and, um, can facilitate them, you know, but also kind of have, uh, demands of how things need to be. Right. But if you, you know, are in a a space that's being facilitated, you probably like the structure that's there in a lot of ways, like, no structure things are just kind of like loose and leaky so capricorn really kind of like tightens it up um but the question is just how tight we're getting so basically here in a more mutually empowered position pluto and capricorn would relate to contracts and agreements that come from a place of free will right so we are creating some rules or some expectations and they're coming from a place of free will and empowerment it becomes our responsibility um, to be aware of the power that we do have so that we can leverage it with intention as well as to be sovereign and coming from a place of choice when we engage the power we perceive in others, right? So um, at a psychological level, you know, sometimes, you know, and this can happen to me too, where it's like feeling like I'm being like cornered right now. Like I feel like I'm obligated, or I feel like I'm being put in this position. Right. And it's like, is that other person actually doing that? Like, is that person using that level of force to make me be a certain way? Or am I, you know, cowering in my projection of what they are doing to me? Right. And becoming really aware of those subtle energetics and not falling uh, prey to them can be um, really important. Right. So this would even be like if you feel like someone's judgment of you makes you feel a certain way, then you're like cowering in the face of their judgment. They're making me feel bad, you know, where it's like, no, there's a hook inside of us that cares that they have that opinion. Right. So we are relational beings. Of course, there's that. But like, as long as we have that hook, we're potentially disempowered when we don't care you know, just like, I really don't care if people think that I'm crazy for liking astrology. Like, I don't have a hook for that. I'm sorry. Like it doesn't affect me. Right. Um, but there are other places certainly where it'd be like, ouch, that hurts a little bit. Right. And so our power in that situation is removing the hook. Um, and that's like a deeper energetic kind of transformation or magic that I see as available through Pluto. I feel like I just have cat hair all over my face. But this is part of why I was like, please just stay out of here. Stay off my desk, whatever. Okay. So, (laughs) for example, simply put here, if a friend asks another friend for a favor, it is arguably the responsibility of the person answering to answer honestly so as to not be resentful um, or out of integrity with themselves, et cetera. And it is the responsibility of the person asking to be willing to hear a yes or a no. Otherwise, it's demand and not a request. And this is a boundary thing, right? Like if we go against our own boundaries in relationship, there's the capacity to feel resentment there. And I think that becoming more deeply honest about our boundaries and our expectations and whatnot. Um, we can hold those boundaries better as opposed to doing something for another person because we don't want to lose their love or we feel like we have to do that thing in order to be a good person or a good friend. You know, what about the honesty of like, I'm not available for that right now, right? And letting the other person be sovereign and how they respond to that. In relationships, when we are deriving our sense of security or self-esteem from another we are far more likely to seek to subtly control or dominate the other to behave in a way that we want them to. It takes a great deal of honesty to examine this and make a change, but it is important if we are wanting to really be in connection and have satisfying relationships. So this can be with people, right? This can also be with with life, (laughs) with life in general, right? Um, Think about like all of the energy that goes into feeling upset about the way that life is. And from that place thinking, well, if life were different, you know, I'd feel better or I'd have more energy or I'd be more motivated. It's like, it is what it is. There's a, a situation at hand and it may not be our preference. Right. But the power leakage into just being upset about it and feeling like victimized by life itself, you know, there is a loss or there is a drainage of energy there. Right. And so if we just accept that things are the way they are and we stop projecting our well-being into the circumstances that are around us. Then we access this amazing level of empowerment and sovereignty and choice as to how we want to engage the landscape, the world that we are living in from that place of having our power you know, inside of us and behind us. Pluto's station timed in synchrony with the new moon suggests that whatever agitation and projection we are experiencing in relationship with other people is likely connected to unconscious material around expectations that's coming into our conscious awareness through our sense of dissonance or emotional activation. So more simply put, um, if we're feeling upset with ourselves or with other people, maybe there's some kind of unconscious expectation, Or rule that's kind of simmering below that, and is kind of coming to the surface through the activation of feeling like I'm upset with you, and I'm upset with you because I expected this different thing from you. And to kind of like alchemize that away from blame and kind of come back to the more vulnerable need, communicate that um, could be alchemical. October seventh, Venus enters Sagittarius at four twenty one a.m. Pacific. (sighs) ah nice right like venus just spent the last month in cathartic intense scorpio and this ingress into sagittarius may bring a mood shift of levity one of the inherent promises of the scorpio sagittarius transition in general is that when we honestly face our shadow and deeper material in scorpio we subsequently gain access to larger perspective in sagittarius the shift into Sagittarius can herald philosophical integration. Essentially, that's like looking at the ways that we project our unconscious material or our shadow material onto our worldview. And that the more we actually take accountability for our unconscious, um, our shadow, the less we need to project it onto the overlords um, that are like controlling us right? Like that there's a psychological component to that worldview, right? So uh, Sagittarius is interesting because it's a storyteller, like there's a mythos and Scorpio is the deep psyche. For what it's worth, the way that I kind of like philosophically understand corruption and like the energy of evil in the universe has more to do with like ignorance and uh, attachment and like emotional security, right? Like uh, gripping and kind of like holding on to um, either our pain or our trauma or feeling like, you know, say like the example I like to use is like oil companies. And for all the people who are very high up in, um, you know, industries that are like harming the planet it's like what compels them, what motivates them. And when I try to like empathize and kind of like get into that space, and this is coming from a philosophical and imaginative place. I don't know any oil tycoons personally to have done my field work, but my theory um is that, you know, this is someone with a lot of money and power and maybe was born into it, maybe has, you know, that's what they've always known. And there's a certain level of security around that. And this kind of like, survival based instincts to maintain that it takes a lot of, I think, visionary consciousness to be in that kind of position and have this like, wow, epiphany, like I have all this power. Maybe I should use it to make the earth a better place. Or like, not that the earth needs to be made a better place, but like to um, honor the earth more. Uh, What about, you know, the ways that this person who's high up in this corrupt industry may have their hands tied with some business dealings or like, sketchy people or something. And if they back out of certain deals or back out of that life, uh, it may feel harmful to their physical person, right? Like there's just, I think, complex webs of attachment and compulsion and addiction that run a lot of this uh, activity in the world that appears as evil. So that's my philosophical perspective on it. And I feel like um, I rest better at night with that because I, I don't think a lot about, um, things in the world as just like the force of evil. Like to me, it's a lot more about, um, people's unprocessed emotional issues projected onto the way that they live their life. Anyway, back to Venus and Sag, uh, the aphrodisiac of Venus and Sagittarius is honesty whether what is in our expression or words um, or whether that's in our expression and words or honesty um, or how we bring all of ourselves, our fullness into life, right? So letting ourselves uh, express our affection without holding back, right? That would be a very Jupiter world Venus kind of thing to do. Venus in Sagittarius is not afraid to be a unique, robust flavor that repels some and attracts others, The labor of making oneself smaller to be more palatable to a general audience is practically of no interest here venus and sagittarius loves to take up space in one's own expression as well as in generosity of affection toward others now my mind is picking up so many philosophical threads of this like age-old question of like good versus evil and i'm gonna have to think a lot more about that because um, I do have thoughts on it, but I want to like present them, like, you know, really lay them out. And I just dropped them, but whatever. I am prone to do that, um, as you know if you watch my channel. So then we have the sun in 15 degrees of Libra, conjunct Mars in 15 degrees of Libra at 901 p.m. Pacific. <sighs> Someone wrote on Twitter the peace I feel when Sabrina pauses to take a drink of water. So if that has any value in that transmission, that's really cool. Um, so Sun at 15 degrees of Libra conjunct Mars in 15 degrees of Libra, 901 PM. In some sense, Mars has perhaps lost some patience being civil. Mars and Libra is like a brute warrior at a fancy dinner eating meat with his hands in a totally disgusting way, you know, according to the um, kind of etiquette of the room, at least not necessarily objectively disgusting. Um, Right. Ignoring the layout of silverware where there's like these different size forks, ones for the salad, ones for the dessert. Like he doesn't care. He's just already just going in with his hands. Um, And, you know, you can see that like Leaper does relate to like social Social etiquette, which is going to be different in different places. Because um, I'm sure, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to go down that tangent. Um, some dynamics in our lives may be challenging our civility, right? Like just trying to be nice and be polite. And there's this like fury within us that's like, no, like I don't want to be polite. I'm tired. I'm done. Um, right? Like we can see what would be inappropriate or what would be appropriate, uh, but we feel this impulse to act out. Likewise, we could be directing a lot of energy towards civility, right? You know, or towards social graces that have been harder for us to figure out. Um, like imagine being at a dinner, trying to impress people that you care to impress, but aren't well disposed to you. And you're like really kind of like, you're not on a battlefield, right? You're just at a fancy dinner, but you, you feel like you're on a battlefield. So in the midst of this drama around civility, right, and being good mannered and um, being a certain kind of charming Mars fusing with the sun signifies that there may be a peak moment of gnosis, of consciousness, of illumination in the face of this activation, like Arjuna, Arjuna, I forget how to pronounce it, in the Bhagavad Gita, facing a moral dilemma at the start of the war right? Should I fight, but I might have to kill my kinsmen. Um, why like that just moral dilemma right at the start of battle. So there may be some struggle around a call to action, right? And so for us, it's not necessarily on a literal battlefield like that, but it could be, you know, like there is anger, heat rising through my system. I've lost my patience, but why? And like kind of being blasted out to this like space of consciousness in the midst of that. So considering this transit, it reminded me of a time that I had a housemate with like actual anger issues um, who went from being my friend to deciding that she didn't like me and was not open to reconciliation. You know, Even though I wanted to or wanted, you know, how can I like adjust? Like, let's talk about it. It was just like, no, I've decided I hate you. We're done. <laughs> Didn't say I hate you, but it may, it felt like that. She became an open enemy in my life. Very clearly directing this like aggressive energy toward me during, for the rest of our time, the rest of the duration of time living together as we were making our exits right? So getting pushed out of the house, getting pushed out of the womb of the house, when shit starts to go down, it gets dramatic and it's not a fun environment. And I remember feeling like I hadn't chosen this conflict. Like I would have chosen working through it instead of war. I would have chosen continuing to have an amicable relationship, Uh, but feeling this pressure to respond in this, uh, to respond to the aggression that was being directed to me in an environment I had hoped. And expected in my value system to be civil. It's home. This should be safe, you know, that kind of thing. So it wasn't just against my preference to deal with being around her. It was a deeper trip around having to address a conflict and seeing myself in this zone of like, this person's coming at me. Now I have to decide how I'm going to respond. At times we face dilemmas that are nearly philosophical. So consciousness, the sun, is illuminated because of the fight, the problem, the challenge, or the severance, Mars. So just note if this is kind of coming up in your field where you're like, like working through some kind of conflict and you're just like, mm, you know, like it's like fucking working you, but you see this kind of like illumination, this solar quality that comes from it. Right. And it could also kind of be reversed, like that's kind of like Mars opening up to an experience of the sun. It could also be that our experience of awareness of consciousness inspires our action um, or we're inspired to kind of act on some kind of harmonic vision, sun and Libra. October 9th, 2021, Mercury retrograde and 16 degrees of Libra will conjunct the sun and 16 degrees of Libra. And we've got Mars, you know, also caught up here in 16 degrees of Libra. So it's a double casini. We have Mercury-Mars conjunct uh, conjunct the sun. Mercury-Mars relates to debate, argument, verbal aggression, interruption, and talking over in conversation. Right? This is kind of like a field where you have to kind of like go quick, you know, or put your word in um, to get to be heard, uh, which is I'm a Mercury-Venus person, that's not my preference. I like to listen and I like there to be spaciousness in conversation for everyone to participate. I hate debate, right? So when Mercury-Mars comes around, I just kind of notice, like, oh yeah, like things are getting kind of heated up. Everyone wants to talk at the same time. It's not personal. Mercury-Mars are conjunct, right? But Mercury is retrograde suggesting we may be rethinking our way of engaging or disengaging in verbal combat. It's possible that we are feeling aggression come up, but we are slowing our role around expressing it. Mercury retrograde. Right. It has the energy of a character in a show having a secret blow up in their imagination, but just smiling and saying something agreeable instead. Right. So the choice that we have here. Is to continue to practice that kind of restraint. Not everything needs to be said. Not every battle needs to be fought or when is it appropriate to let the the tiger out <laughs> and like if you you know are used to holding things in the the expression of it feels all the more kind of intense cuz it's been bottled up so maybe even at some level of compromise here taking the time to like really think about and refine the thing that wants to be said, but going ahead and having the confrontation if that feels like the truest thing to you, right? But we may need some more time to kind of clean it up on our side of the street or kind of alchemize it um, or think about it, right? Um, But it's really situational, of course. Likewise, if it is appropriate and necessary to say something, we may be doing that. It may be a process of deliberating, refining, and getting clear before delivering a message. A wise nonviolence teacher who I read their work at a pamphlet at Naropa University some years back. I don't remember their name, Uh, but this person expressed that the violence of the world is reflected in each individual microcosm of the individual. And that when we transmute the violence that lives inside of us, we help heal the world. There is a difference, of course, between simply repressing that fire and anger and violence and actually working to integrate and appropriately channel the beast within. This is why Mars is a difficult archetype, right? It's like, do you know how to wield your swords? Do you know how to wield your kitchen knives? Do you know how to wield your word? Do you know how to wield your um, fire? They're all potentially destructive, but they also are tools that define and give life. Then we have Venus in two degrees of Sagittarius conjunct the lunar south node in two degrees of Sagittarius at 12, 11 p.m. Pacific. And what day are we on? We're October 9th. So Venus is the, the ruler of this lineup of planets in Libra. So that Mercury, Mars, Sun, sixteen degrees of Libra, they're ruled by this Venus and Sag. The Moon at this very moment of the the Venus South Node conjunction will be in two degrees Sag, conjunct them as well. Really interesting. This combination to me suggests that the relational activations we are working with, so conflict and conflict resolution, confrontation, um, teamwork processing our aggression and need for freedom and expression, processing our will to connect and reach out to others, et cetera, that these are connected to illumination around old patterns, how we've tended to relate, how our ancestors have tended to relate the cultural and familial beliefs that we're working with. Situations are only activating if they are touching on something, right? So if we didn't have a story, a pattern or an opinion it would just be neutral right so if something's feeling activated it's connected to a deeper thread and what is that thread then mercury retrograde in 16 degrees of libra will be conjunct mars in 16 degrees of libra at 349 p.m pacific um and i've been delineating it so i just left that but i wanted to give the timestamp. Then October 10th, 2021, Saturn stations direct in six degrees of Aquarius at 717 p.m. Pacific. Planet stationing become louder energies in the sky. We already had the God of the underworld stationing, right, Pluto. And now we have the cold, dry God of karma and cause and effect stationing. Now, I also love Saturn. I associate Saturn with like law of attraction teachings and manifestation teachings because it's literally about crystallizing something, right? And it's the way that our, um, like everything is karma. If you um, have a gratitude practice every day for years, that's a kind of karma that you created for yourself where you've conditioned yourself to be more receptive to gratitude. And the universe has likely continued to send you more abundance because of your receptivity to it. Right. So cause and effect can be, um, a way that we consciously, you know, lean into circumstances that we desire. So I'm not like a scared of Saturn kind of like, um, I respect Saturn. I respect all the planets, but I don't, uh, belittle kind of any of the archetypes by giving them a caricature. And Saturn is definitely a planet that gets caricatured too much, in my opinion. But at any rate, the Saturn energy doesn't always feel fuzzy. It's a cold and dry energy, right? It's about getting down to work. Um, It's about taking responsibility. It's about our integrity. It can be doing the hard thing, you know, and experiencing a reward for our efforts. Um... So something to be mindful of is that this is a strong Saturn. Saturn traditionally rules Aquarius. So on the positive end, this can bring skillful discipline, focus, the capacity to take responsibility, and the intelligence to architect a vision into existence. On the negative end, Saturn's increased mood lighting in the sky may correlate with a heavier sense of shame, remorse, and regret, feeling that we are bad or that we have fucked up or done something wrong beyond repair, right? We can be our own worst persecutors. With this in mind, this is a good time to practice compassion and perhaps engage in prayers like the Ho'oponopono prayer, Um, or absorb a little Brene Brown magic by reading some of her work or listening to a podcast. If you don't know already, she's a shame and vulnerability researcher. And I tend to get like a good tune up when I tune into her work. Shame can be utterly debilitating, uh, but learning how to process it and grow in integrity and care as we reconcile with ourselves and others for our perceived mistakes, um, can be just as powerful on the other side in a positive way. So something that um, I've learned more recently, which is a new perspective to me, is that shame can be a way that we actually resist transformation or taking accountability. Like shame can just be like a, a, a heavy blanket that we just kind of collapse underneath. And we're just like, I can't, participate. I can't like go on, you know, I can't move on. I can't like bring myself fully to life because I'm so ashamed. Right. Like it becomes an excuse to not show up. Um, and so to actually carry the cycle forward by having a kind of reconciliation, you know, an inner restorative justice as opposed to an inner punitive where it's just like, okay, I'm going to lock this part of you away. You're bad. Like, let me not look at it and avoid it. It's like, no, like what is that? Part of me that needs more love, less neglect, what kind of um, you know, and just to flesh it out a little bit, the hoponopono prayer is a process of saying, um, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. Or I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And you can do this in conversation, you know, you can directly apologize. It's also something you can do spiritually on your end, like energy work on yourself, the situation, where you call to mind, you know, I'm sorry and you apologize for everything you can think of and related to the situation. Um, please forgive me. You repeat those things. So you can apologize. For what you've, what harm you've brought on yourself, as well as what harm you perceived you've brought on the other. Even if part of the apology is, I'm so sorry that I feel like I fucked up. I'm so sorry I feel ashamed. Please forgive me for feeling like I fucked up. Please forgive me for my shame, right? Like you're going in like that. Um, and then you say thank you and you list out like, thank you for, or I'm grateful for, and you count out kind of the collateral positive, you know, or the lessons, the things that you are truly grateful for, and then finish it with, I love you. Really powerful prayer. Saturn station direct will potentially also signify that some free floating, like, what am I doing with my life? Like kind of feelings may start to find more direction, right? Like people talk a lot about Mercury retrograde and what happens and all of that. Um, But some of the outer planetary retrogrades, like there's some, there's some stuff going on. Maybe it doesn't feel like it's affecting us as personally or as obviously, But Saturn retrograde can kind of have that going within and thinking about like, what am I building? Where am I going? What's my plan? And then as it goes direct, maybe a little bit more of that, like, oh, okay, I feel like I have my trajectory or I'm I'm on the path. And of course, we always need to walk the path and genuinely engage. It doesn't just happen for us. Especially not with Saturn, right? Saturn's about taking responsibility. Um, it's also about responsibly delegating responsibility, right? So that kind of wisdom prayer as well about like, um, you know, help me, I can't, it's like the serenity prayer, but that sense of like, you don't have to carry all the burdens like you can, um, pray to source, you can pray to angels, you can pray to spirit guides for help. But then like, where's your responsibility? How do you show up? And that's a um, a kind of spiritual balance that I think we're learning to walk all the time in this life. Um, but Saturn retrograde can relate to a deeper internal questioning of exactly what we're doing with our lives. And when it's direct, right? It correlates more with that sense of moving forward. So, right, we have this Pluto retrograde bringing up that like, angst and expectations and unconscious rules. We have Saturn stationing, bringing up that sense of like, you know, like get it done, work uh, maybe like a little bit of a heaviness or a coldness or a sense of like shame and the capacity to really um, take more responsibility for our thoughts um, and to, you know, write a more compassionate story by addressing the things. Um, and then we have this like Mercury Mars Sun drama in Libra happening this week. Um, so it's a pretty dynamic, very potent feeling week. Um, and I wanted to say too, I'm not sure if I will be forecasting next week. I'm going to be on a retreat, and I'm not sure I'm going to have the time to even write the forecast. Uh, but potentially, I will. But I'm I'm not sure. So it may be um, another week break in between the next forecast, but wishing you blessings for this new moon, um, please be radically kind to yourself and also consider the forms of kindness that are, um, not just like a soothing, right. But like a, a taking responsibility kind of kindness, um, where for example, I can like have my apartment be a mess or something and feel bad and just be like, okay, it's time to just like, cozy up and like, just let it all go for a moment. Or it may be kind to myself to kind of like pull myself up, do the dishes, clean the apartment, light some incense, make it beautiful and feel that kind of like restorative, right. Energy. Um, whatever self-care looks like to you, is there a kind of, um, balance of it also involving responsibility because that's part of it too. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to add I think I may just leave it there and say thank you so much for watching I love you I forgot to mention at the beginning to please like this video subscribe to my channel and please leave a comment let me know um, what landed for you and how you're doing much love